The year is 2004. Your polyphonic ringtone habit is sending you broke. Yeah. George W. Bush is sworn in for a second term. And in spite of everything going on, the most controversial thing is a wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl? T-20. Rewind 20 years with Joe and Mel. Week off 1 February 2004. Minus 20. The rest is history. You know what? I'm very forgetful. Minus 20. Hello there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. You're fired. What are we waiting for? 20. This is harder than I thought it would be. My fellow Americans. 20. Let's roll. 20. Yes, let's roll out another week that was 20 years ago. Throwing back, rewinding, in fact. That's the catchphrase that I should be using. That's more on brand. That's our tagline. When did I start doing throwing back? That's just not I a don't thing. Know. What to, are you? Yeah, I don't know. This throwback time, Thursday. 20 years ago. What are you, no. Instagram? Oh, too much alliteration. No. Anyway, uh, this time 20 years ago, it's T minus 20, the podcast where we do do all that rewinding stuff with you. No, host. no, official tagline. Stop. Rewind 20 years. With your host, Joe and Mel. Hello, Thank Mel. You. Hi. Wow. Glad we got that. I just got told. Spend all that time on branding and then you just start throwing out hashtags from Instagram. Oh, jeez. Lazy. What about me? It isn't fair. It really isn't. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> this week we're talking about Shannon Noll. Nolsey. The, the, the big single that broke him. Yes. We are talking 1 to 7 February 2004. Yes. We haven't uh, actually... Clarified that. But, yes, Nolsey. Nolsey is in the charts, thank goodness, because yes. he was robbed. Off to a flight. He was robbed. He was. But I think it turned out for the better for Nolsey anyway. Yes, I think so too. It's an online directory that connects people through universities and colleges through their social networks there. You sign on, you make a profile about yourself by answering some questions, entering some information such as your concentration or major at school, um, contact information about phone numbers, yeah, cool. An online mm. directory. How groundbreaking. <laughs> Sounds like the yellow pages. That was one Mark Zuckerberg talking very, about the Facebook. A very young Zuck, yes. Mm, a young Zuck. My decision to uh, change the Super Bowl performance was actually made after the final rehearsal. MTV, CBS, the NFL had no knowledge of this whatsoever. Whoa. Janet Jackson. Issuing apology. We're going to get straight into that after we Full do all of this disclosure, other stuff. Full disclosure. There's mm. going to be a lot of nipple content there is. in this show. Uh, yes, and and so Much you know, parental guidance definitely boobs. recommended. But they're only boobs. You'll yes. you'll cope. Yes, it's all right. It's all right. But it was a very controversial thing that we'll get to very shortly. Uh, another thing that's been a bit controversial for me is the fact that I've become a stage dad. St- wasn't stage mum, really. I'm not a stage mum. I'm a stage dad, okay? Yes. Look, dog training starts this week. That's the mm. first thing. And and I, I, I take our dog to training under duress. I love our dog so much. She's the apple of my eye. <laughs> and I'm her favourite. Yes, you are her favourite. And I really, like, I just adore dogs. I have to have a dog in my life at all mm. times. I, I adore them. They fulfil an emotional need for me and hopefully I fulfil some kind of need for them. I think I do. I mean, I'm a favourite. Yes, you are. Um, so dog training starts up again this week, and our dog is the naughtiest dog in the class, and I'm repeating, for starters. I think repeating. you're repeating the third time now, isn't it? Yeah, third I've decided that she's level? not quite ready to graduate. Yeah, I can't trust her. Um, 
off off the lead as much as I'd like to. I mean, mm. I kind of can, but she's a hunting dog yes. and she has an instinct to chase birds. Yes. And where we train the dogs, there's lots of there's birds. A, there is a community of swallows that constantly <laughs> fly around the oval. So I'll be in the middle of doing something and then she'll just take <laughs> off, which is terrible. But I'm also taking her to uh, her first photo shoot. <laughs> Uh, and I'm hoping that she passes the audition. So Are you going to give her a tan? She's going to have a dance tan for a photo shoot. No, I'm just going to give her a bath. Yes, but and our, a brush. Um, our local Zhuzh. our local butchers, who I'm a massive fan of, mm. big fan of these butchers, and this is what it's come to. I'm 46 years old, and I used to get excited by bands and music and all of that mm. sort of rich cultural stuff. Now I get excited by butcher shops. Meat. Mm, meat in particular. Yes, meat. And, and how I can smoke it and cook it and do all sorts of wonderful things. And stage things. momming. Yes, in this particular book shop makes the best meat around I reckon. Anyway, they're um they've they're launching a line of pet food. Mm. So all the offcuts they're making pet food out of. That's a really good idea. And they they put a call out for the cutest dog in the district. And of course, I might be biased, <laughs> but I think my dog is the cutest dog in the district. So so yeah. Mildred's getting a bath and we're heading off to a photo shoot this week. <laughs> I hope there's no birds. Because that could end badly. Yes. Well, maybe. I mean. What do you have to do at the photo shoot? Do you know? Does she have to sit still? Does she have to. I don't know. Run around and. Does she have to eat the food and give a testimonial? I I, I hope so, but I. I, I, Are you in the photos? I'm not in the photos. Okay. You're off to the side and you're coaching her through it. Yeah, I think so. And more teeth, more smile, Mildred. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay. You know, spirit fingers or paws yes. or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but I don't really know what to expect and I mm. am concerned. Mm. I am concerned that the naughtiest dog in training is going to be the naughtiest. I don't even know if there's going to be other dogs there. Wow. I, I, so I'm, Will she have a makeover? Maybe they'll do like a style makeover before the photo shoot. She can't be any more cute than what she already <laughs> is. But I'm very nervous. I'm not mm. sure what to expect and I am a little bit concerned about how I am going to respond to any criticism. Oh, when they go, she's no, she's not the cutest. Yes, I'll be like, what do you mean? Or if she ends up on the cutting room floor. How what if she doesn't you? make it? What if she doesn't make it? What are you going to do? I'll be devastated. Oh, dear. I'll have a diva fit. It's going to be bad. <laughs> it's not going to end well. I'm going to have to start eating meat from Woolworths. <laughs> This is my life. This is what it's become. The Mm. Hatches, Matches and Dispatches (laughs) clue. Of course, we are going to revisit this at the end of the show. A celebrity who is having a birthday who said this. If you want to apologise to me, I'll talk to you. That's what I'm going to be like if if I don't get past the audition phase with the dog. Uh, so I'll be like, they'll be like, listen, look, you did really well, but, and I'll be like. If you want to apologise to me, I'll talk to you. That's very bitchy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, and uh, a star of a, of a classic, classic reality show. Yeah, that was so. full of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out who that is at the end of the show. You say when you reach a certain age that you become interested in meat, mm. smoking meat mm-hmm. and war history. Yeah. I've noticed a bit of a transition for you, so maybe you're reaching like next level old. Yeah. But you've become interested in like old people tourism. You yeah. <laughs> you made me you know, this tourism. is this is our new years. Instead of staying up watching the fireworks, you yeah. made us watch user-generated content of cruise ships. So yeah, not the promo vlogs. videos. It's no. people that have been on the cruise ships. That's right. Who Aren't natural-born presenters mm. taking us through and making us feel a bit sick because of the way that they filmed? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like you've entered next level old person. Well, and we- I think this story here, I'm a bit reluctant to discuss it because I think this will then become your next, my next project. My next project. Well, I mm. just after we talked about the Queen Mary, yes, the Cunard Cruise Line, the yes. oh, sorry, the Ocean Liner. I and I, I sort of said a lot of things about it, you know, not having a lot to do, and that's why there's all that. But then I became interested. I was like, oh, <laughs> I know, maybe that'd be nice. That Chris, took up a whole know what it years. Do you know what it actually is? After that, do you know what it actually is? I'm really tired, and I need a fucking <laughs> break. <laughs> I just want a break. That's all. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a cruise. I don't care if it's just sitting in a beach reading a book. I don't care. I don't care if it's sitting in an airport waiting lounge just for a quick trip away. I just need a. I need to well, get how away. How do you feel about trains? Not great. The first of Feb two thousand four, the first Garn passenger train. Oh no, yeah, across Australia. I feel like you'd be interested in this. The Gan. Yeah. From Australia, did I say Gan? Gan. Sorry, Garn. I said the wrong thing. Oh, you probably said it properly, but um, we're Australian, so we call it the Gan. From yeah. Australia, uh, sorry, from Adelaide through to Darwin, the inaugural yep. journey, three day journey. Yep, on the train. Of the Gan. Yep. I used to catch the train. From Mittagong to Campbelltown and sometimes to Sydney. I don't the think that's to the, the equivalent of the game. It's not a great time. No. It wasn't a great time. No. Was there a lot of tagging? A lot of graffiti? There was a lot of tagging on the trains past Campbelltown, yes. And there's a smell. Trains have a smell, those they, trains. Well, it was the Red Rattler back then. It wasn't even the, the newer trains. It was the old Red Rattler It always trains. smells like someone's done a wee. Yeah, they do have a kind of a pee yeah. uh, old person smell. Yeah. yeah. So that really appeals to me at this age. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, but the GAN is, that's, that's Lux. That's Lux travel. Yes, it travels uh, nearly 3,000 kilometres, takes around 50 hours through the Red Centre and the Outback. And, yes, 1st of February 2004 was its first journey. Is that right? It was 2004. God, I thought it would be going on for ages before that. Of course, everything is inclusive now. Our drinks, our food is, uh, even our tours are as well. So we have tours in Alice Springs. There's uh, three tours there to choose from. And there's also tours available when you get to Catherine gives you a chance to go and have a look at the Catherine Gorge. Our chefs do an incredible job here, they're always busy. We've got two chefs cooking for about 100 people, so it's non-stop. They are in a very confined space and obviously we're on a moving train the whole time. So uh, they've got to have the uh, right attitude in there and thankfully I think we've got the right people for the job. It's a lovely way to do it. There's large rooms, lots of things to look out of the windows. You've got two large windows to look out in Platinum, uh, and the service is second to none. It's not just a trip, it's definitely an adventure. It's a good ticket. Oh. Do you think on this one, because it sounds posh, Sign me up, yeah. Do you think when you go to the bathroom, though, it still just falls down a hole onto the onto track? Onto the tracks, maybe. I, I have mean, a problem with that. Do you? I have a real problem with just I'm pretty sure they going some on the kind tracks. Of processing or something like that. Yeah, I hope so. Well, that's another reason to stay away from the railway tracks, kids. Interesting that you say that you thought it had been around for a lot longer because mm. construction on the line began in 1878, mm. hooked up with Alice Springs in 1929. Yep. Back then, the remaining leg of the journey, if you wanted to go on the journey, the last leg, you'd have to jump on a camel. Oh, really? The camels took you the rest of the way. Is that right? <laughs> that would be an uncomfortable trip. Well, that would camel. be that would be more an adventure than what they were describing in the promo then. Because mm. once again, much like a cruise ship, there's fuck all to do. Like they like you've got two windows you can look out and eat heaps of food. 
for three days. Or ride a camel. And take, well, you're not riding a camel anymore because no. it goes straight through. But there is a drinks package and that appeals to me. Yes. I think I could There's put a fair food. dent in the drinks package in three <laughs> days. This was the first time a passenger train had crossed the Australian continent from south to north. For the inaugural journey, there were 330 passengers on board. Uh, they had a four-hour stopover in Alice Springs. Oh, is that it all? Offered, Just four hours? Mm, it offered classes of service, Platinum, which is the most luxurious. That's the, the duck's nuts. Where you get we a get cabin. two windows. Okay, you get an ensuite bathroom, and so that's windows. not going on the tracks. I, I'd want the ensuite bathroom, um, especially with the drinks package. Definitely. Gourmet dining and an mm. access to exclusive lounge. Gold service had a choice between twin cabins or single cabins, yep. all-inclusive meals in the Queen Adelaide restaurant, mm. and uh, red service. Red, isn't that what you said the other trains were? Oh, the red rattlers. No, that's a completely oh, okay, different good. thing. Completely different thing. Uh, more economical, reclining seats for mm. travel and bunk beds for overnight journeys. For the inaugural journey, some guests paid $12,000 per ticket. Wow. And the standard price at that time grand. was around 17000 So 12 Gee, not 17000 1700 sorry. So 12000 crazy. Yeah, you're not, you're not jumping the turnstiles at the railway station for that, are you? In 2004. I want to evade that fare. Imagine the fine. The, Why not? The company that runs at Great Southern Railway mm. appointed the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin as the ambassador of the GAN. Really? Crikey. And they even named a, a locomotive after him, but it wasn't on the inaugural journey because it had a crash in mm. um, Port Macquarie and was oh, being dear. fixed, unfortunately. So. Yeah, too soon. Uh, Mike Rand, the mm. South Australian Premier, mm. uh, Goff and Margaret Whitlam were on board in oh, the good. Prince of Wales Very carriage. Esteemed company, yes. Also on board mm. were Anne and Bill Weichel from the Mornington Peninsula. They won a prize in 1982 to travel on the inaugural journey. Jeez. So they've been waiting since 1982 okay. for them to finish the bloody tracks, get rid of the camels so they oh, could so go. They could they cash could their voucher in. Cash their prize 22 years later. That's got to be the longest <laughs> redemption for a gift voucher you'd ever. Lose, you'd lose the Who'd be able to hang on to something for twenty to the ticket for twenty two years? They, I mean, they lucky they lived long enough to. They sound old, yes. Yeah, they so do. So they did well. They were both still there. Good on you, Anne and Bill. They collected. They jumped on, and and I quote: "It's fabulous. It's marvelous." Mrs. Weichel said. Jeez, just imagine if you rocked up and you're like, "So inaugural journey, yes, yep. uh, we have a gift voucher." <laughs> Yeah, but uh, they'd be like, um, from when? Yeah, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, Twelve months expiry date. Come on, good God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I love that. And then it ended, obviously, in the Northern Territory in Darwin, and hundreds of residents turned out to watch it make the final leg of the three-day journey. Mm. They had a banner, you know, like at the football, so the train drove oh, through, through the, the banner. banner. Oh, that God. was exciting. That's a worry. Um, and if you look at the crowd, there's a lot of people there drinking tinnies and apparently uh, a lot of them decided to chuck a moon. Oh, at the train. As How it was Australian. Going past. How as un- it went past, dropped the dax, chucked a moon. How uncouth. At the, at the garn. So they're drinking tinnies. They wouldn't be drinking tinnies on the GAN. No. Crown no. Lager all that's, the way. I love that. That's just so Australian. It's a, I'm going to, hey, that train's coming all the way from the other side of Australia. Let's go. Let's go. And let's chuck a moon at it. Is it a bucket list thing? To Would chuck you, a moon no, at it? to chuck a moon at the GAN? Maybe. To go on the GAN. Would oh, you, to go on it. Are you interested? No. I don't know that I am either. 
Not for twelve thousand dollars. No, well, uh, these days I looked up the website and it's oh, between... you looked up the website. Well, because I wanted to know what the price. Any was. good travel vlogs on YouTube? We can binge later on tonight. <laughs> Oh my god, no! It doesn't even have a water slide. What? So I well, the, the cruise ships have water slides. Yeah, they got much more exciting things like go kart tracks and. Last water time, last time I caught a train to Queensland, yeah, there was a guy that had just gotten out of jail who right. was sitting on the seat next to me. Yeah, yep. and he was quite. Um, he was quite stressed and yeah. uh, pedantic, and my mother pointed out some. Waterfowl and called them the correct, the incorrect name, and he turned around and yelled at her and told her they were really? brolgers. They're brolgers. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if rail rail travel. That's not me. the gam though. Mm, that's, that's there's probably no prisoners. That's on like the, the XPT the to Queensland or something. Yeah, it's well, that pretty much. Yes, that's what transport. that's I mean, what it was. That's the thing. Cruise ships, you know, go kart tracks, rock climbing walls, indoor skydiving, all of these wonderful mm. things. The gam. Mm. For Food and booze. Premium, you get two f***ing windows and an ensuite. <laughs> it's wow. But it, look, it's no. Apparently, it is fabulous. It is. Fa- is it? It, it's the the scenery is amazing, mm. and I think anywhere from between about a thousand to three thousand, depending on what you want and what you want included, the drinks and the the sleeping carriage. Thing. Do they have a like a power outlet for my CPAP mask? Oh, for sure. Because I reckon I'd sleep really well on that journey. I reckon you'd, you always, always sleep well asleep on, the, on train. the train. Yeah. Except for when I'm sitting next to a prisoner, but other than that, yeah. You just fall asleep with the rattling of the train. It's wonderful. Yes. All right, look. It's very I, therapeutic. Let's get to the news story. Yeah, look, let's move from Australians chucking a moon at the GAN yeah. to some more nudity. Yes, please, please. Mm. This is the story that everybody, the people were talking about this story Years on from it occurring. They're still talking about it. Exactly. It was Mm. the biggest news event of 2004, in spite of all the other stuff that's going on. Like the promo says, the wardrobe malfunction that shocked the world, otherwise known as Nipplegate. Mm. So let's set the scene. Okay. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. There's a lot of X's and V's. What number was it? Oh, I can't remember, but it's in Houston, Texas. The Patriots playing the Panthers. Reliant Stadium. Reliant Stadium, yes. This is before they had NRG Stadium, so this is a Reliant Stadium. Halftime show this time round is produced by MTV. I think this is the first time MTV has produced the and halftime entertainment. I will say probably the last as well. I feel mm. like you're correct there. Mm-hmm. And this is an election year 2004. So yep. they wanted to theme it around motivating and encouraging the young people to vote. Right. Um, I don't know how they did it through the various acts in the halftime entertainment. I think maybe before so the acts. encouraging people to vote. I think maybe before the entertainment started oh, there might have been a screen and maybe a few mm, celebs like, mm, vote, mm. please vote. You yeah, should vote. Was, vote. Mm, Go and vote. Yeah. Election. Okay. Vote. Um, but that's not in the replay. Maybe they should the have shown a box instead of a titty. Anyway, because <laughs> you tick them when you're voting. I didn't know that the halftime show because I've I've only ever just watched the moment. Yes, like most people, and yes. I didn't care for the Super Bowl back then or the halftime entertainment. I've only ever started watching it recently with you because you're interested in it. Mm. I didn't care for it back in two thousands, so mm. I've only ever seen the still shots of of what happened at the end. Right, but there was more. I I thought it was just Justin oh, and Janet, no. but it, it wasn't. was an extravaganza. It was an extravaganza. They, it really was. There was. P. Diddy. Yes. Nelly. Mm-hmm. Kid Rock. Mm. 
Jess Simps, barely Janet and Justin. So yeah. let's 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 set the scene. You're gonna do it it, starts, it's blow by blow. Okay, it starts so to speak. Yes. with Jessica Simpson in a marching band esque outfit, like the hat and a skimpy outfit and the feathers. Yeah, and she counts us in. Houston, choose to party. Oh, well, there's the choose thing. Is choose to party. That's that's all she does. Well, so that's not she's really on message. On, she's listed in the in the entertainment, but all she just does is is yell for a second. All she does is just yell for a second. But they then, wanted to choose to vote, and she just went choose to party. So it just blew the key message straight out the window. Go and, don't vote. Go and get smashed. Choose to party. Don't mm. worry about voting. Choose to party. Okay, good. But that was right. I like the way you move. Yes, done by marching band. That yep. sounded quite good. Was I didn't good. mind that. Was a good start. Off to a good start. Right. I would suggest. Jessica Janet. Simpson didn't sing either, which nope, is probably even it. better. Yep. Jess Simpson is done for the She's evening. She's gone. That's the See. only appearance she makes. All done. Yep. $10 million. Thank mm-hmm. you. Janet pops out from behind a curtain singing All For You. So that was a big song, 2002, yes. 2003. Yes. And they're alluding to, I think, what's to come. Well, there's the a finale. lot of, there's, there's a fair bit of boob touching happening. There's a lot in, of hands on breasts. Yes. Covered breasts. There was a guy behind her and he looked like he was just sort of Adjusting in a well, way. I remember there she was, had that album too, where there was the hands on the. She had the her breasts. hands in the air, yes, and, and the, there was someone behind her covering a her boobs. hands on her cans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It mm. was. It was quite racy for the time. That was like. Yeah. 90s. Well, I mean, I mean, the writing's on the wall here. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So these are all a, the We've already signs. got. We, we've had Jess Simps in a yep. skimpy outfit. Yep. We got some boob touching during all for you. Mm. Diddy comes out with his bad boy for life. Mm. Uh, and then partway through there's some, oh, Diddy, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. So then they, they bring out the, they Diddy's doing Diddy, his thing. And then Diddy they go didn't to do much either, though. Diddy really? Diddy's ugly dancing. You know how he does that? Yeah, he just you know, kind of like, His dancing is the ugliest dancing I have ever seen. He well, does like his kind of like his joints aren't kind of clicking in properly. Isn't, it, isn't, all... that, isn't that called popping and locking in the eye? No, no, it's not. It's oh, okay. not. It's, it's ugly. It's very unattractive. Right, right, and I think okay. he should do something about it. But anyway, so then Nelly well, comes in. He was wearing in. a big, heavy, thick fur coat as well. And he's so doing his. Kind of limited in what he's And then doing. Nelly comes out, whoa, Nelly, in a, in a tank top. Mm. I forgot how ripped Nelly was. Well, Thank calm, you very calm much. Yourself. But then there's cheerleaders behind Nelly mm. while he's doing hot and her. Mm. And they're wearing tank tops and a skirt. Yes. Right? And then halfway through, like because they're twerking around, they rip off their tank tops and skirts. Mm. And they're skirts. just wearing like <laughs> short shorts and crop tops. So again, here we go, ripping some clothes skirts off. Skirts and shirts. So, you know, are we really surprised? Mm. They've ripped their clothes off and then they keep dancing. Uh, Diddy comes back. He does some more of that ugly Diddy dancing. But he doesn't, Diddy doesn't actually do anything on the Diddy, microphone. Does no, he? Diddy sang. Diddy sang. Oh, okay. Diddy. Remember. Okay. Well, yeah, he sure. started with Bad Boy for Life and then he went into something and then they did the. At this, um, at this stage. I don't know what they want from me. More money, more, more money, more problems. Ah, uh, right. At more this money, stage, I'm problems. in the toilet. Okay. I'm in the toilet because I've, I want to pee and get ready for but the But you would have. No, you would have come running out really quickly and kicked your toe on the coffee table because Kid Rock came uh, out. You like Kid Rock. <laughs> he comes out and he's dressed as a pimp. 
He's mm. got like a pimp hat. He's got a big coat. Mm. And then he rips off his coat and he's turned an American flag into a poncho. Right. Which resulted in a few angry little letters. Bit. That's desecration. Well, yes. Kid Black Halftime Super Bowl. That's right. I'm a Look, at this stage, I feel like it's spiralling down a little bit. This performance is spiralling down <laughs> and we actually need to restore some dignity to the halftime performance. And I think that mm. you need to bring Janet Jackson back bring, into the fold. Bring the sensible. And and actually do some classic Janet. Janet. Yes. yes. Well, classic Janet occurs. She comes back out and she performs Rhythm Nation. So very thank empowering, you inspiring for song. Saving the day yes. back to what was that, nineties? Early nineties. Yeah, we are Nation. a part of a Rhythm Nation. We a are. bit of unity going on here. Yeah, oh, there's people hanging off scaffolding and all kinds of mm-hmm. things. Um, she is wearing at so so this is I didn't even know any of this had occurred. Really? No, okay. I, I, all I knew was the bit at the end. So we've we've had a lot. There's a lot that happens. There's a bit going on. Janet comes it's, back. They out. cram a lot. It's like fifteen to twenty minutes. I mean, it's a long halftime break. This is mm. you can completely change the course of the game, which I find frustrating because mm. it, you know it's basically like starting another game of football again when you get back on the second half. But anyway, carry on. She comes out. She's wearing. Okay, her outfit's kind of. It's hard to describe because it looks like she's wearing kind of like this long-sleeved pleather leather skirt over jeans. She's like something out of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's um, it's kind of steampunky. It's kind yeah. of a bit gothy. Mm. Um, but what it actually is is a bodysuit, like a black shiny like leather bodysuit, corsety, corset? yeah. and it's got a red bra underneath, but then it connects to like it goes up high on the neck like a skivvy. It's got long sleeves, it's got long hangy bits, and then she's got some pants. But yeah. it's the corset that's the most important. We've mm. got the so corset. Black leather corset, white puffy shirt under the corset? No, no, no. no just, so there's cutouts. So there's cutouts above right, the breast. cutouts, okay, yes. Corset, mm. cutouts above the breast, red lacy bra, just poking out the top. Just a little, just yeah. little bit of Suggestive. Um, I'm hearing you. You know, classy, not slutty. Um, so then, <laughs> then she's done Rhythm Nation, and we're all like, "Oh my gosh, yes, I forgot. All you are us, such an icon. All Forget all for you. Nation. We're part of a Rhythm Nation. Yeah. Black Cat, all mm. of that classic Janet, and we're mm. just reliving the good times, the good '90s vibes. Mm. And then this clown pops up from under the stage, beatboxing. I just want to point something out here at this stage. You heard the crowd going absolutely berserk in the background there, right? Mm. If you watch the video <laughs> of the performance, yes, the crowd are not going berserk. That They're is, going, oh, can you not beat the Super Bowl? They have piped that sound in. We don't beatbox at the Super Bowl. piped the crowd noise in to sound like they're all going bananas when also, most of them are getting out of their seats, stretching their legs, going for going a piece for a and wee. a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Also, exactly. he's not live beatboxing. He's lip syncing to his own beatboxing. Was he? Yes. He's lip syncing to his own beatboxing. Was he? Yes. That's, oh the, that's the exact beatboxing from the CD. 
The, it, it did That's look, not live look, It did look a bit lip syncy. I have to there say, there was no spittle flying Kid, out. Kid Rock was live. I he think was he was the only live. one. Maybe was. was Janet. Oh, no. Jessica was live with well, her Jessica, screaming. Yeah, but all she did was squawk. Let's get this party started, or some <laughs> crap like that. Yeah. Oh, but you know, you don't want to okay. say the wrong word. Anyway, let's so, move on. Right. So they have history. Okay. Yes. So they, uh, he was in NSYNC, and they performed. They were the opening act of her tour in the late nineties. Right. So they know each other. Yep. They know each other. So back back to the beatboxing. He's beatboxing, and then they go into Rock Your Body. And watching it back now, it's kind of weird because she's just sort of kind of strutting around the stage with him. She's not performing. She's finished. She's done yeah, Rhythm she's Nation. She's kind of doing backups for him, backup She's vocals. kind of lip-syncing the talk to me, boy, but she's not mm. actually singing it. And there's no. just this sort of backwards and forwards choreographed walking around. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's dancing around and then he stops. Well, this is the end of the song, right? This is the end We're of the song. We're getting towards the end, yeah. getting very close to the end. He suddenly stops. He looks a little awkward. Yeah. And then we all know what happens at the well, end of this song. Well, it's the line. He goes, going to have you naked by the end of this song. And then he grabs the. Yes. the he grabs. So he uses his left hand and he grabs at her right boob. Yes. And he rips. rips the mm. corset. Yes. And he rips not only the corset but the red bra bit mm. underneath the corset. So there's also, like, it, it looks a little awkward and it looks like he's kind of thinking through it and he's not too sure and maybe this wasn't part of rehearsal. But also he's right-handed mm. and he's reached across with his left hand. And you know when you try to do something with the opposite hand, that's always awkward. You reckon? Yes. Oh, it looked pretty choreographed to me. It I looked No, say. that bit looked really clunky. Do you think? It looked clunky because, like, it, if it was part of a dance move, you would have done something a bit more rhythmic with your arm and he just does this awkward reach across and kind of grab and and then he looks shocked, she puts a hand over a boob and I think we saw we saw a nipple. It was called a starburst nipple shield around a mm. nipple. Uh, nine sixteenths of a second. Nine sixteenths of a second yes, it, was on it was on the TV, TV for. Yep. And it was in kind front of, of 140 million It wasn't, it wasn't like a close-up of her chest. It was like a sort of a, I don't know, it was you. Could, it was from a distance. You could kind of see. You just you saw it flop out and you saw her put a hand over it, but you didn't. I think that Janet, boob, Janet Jackson's boobs flopped out at that stage in her career. It kind of fell a little bit. It bounced out. Yeah, yeah, okay. It sort of bounced out. There was a bit of gravity involved. Um, but when you watched it, she you didn't really see too much because she quickly put her hand over it. Mm. It's only the still shots now that are all across the internet where mm. you see where you can actually see close-ups. People have obviously done still shots and zoomed in. Oh, yeah. And you see the nipple shield and you see the nip and you see everything. And so he looks up, he's got the corset and the red lace in his hand. And he's kind of looking a little orcs, and then they cut away, and then they do the firework display. It's a very detailed explanation of something that takes place in a matter of seconds. Mm. It is extremely quick, and yeah, the fireworks all go off, and and 140 million people are watching it, and the outrage was phenomenal to the point where it became the biggest news story of the time for such a long time to come. And the world was waiting for a response from her, but she immediately flew out of Houston following her performance before the Super Bowl even ended. Her spokesperson then called the reveal a malfunction of the wardrobe. It was not intentional. 
went on to say that Justin was supposed to pull away the bustier, so the black part of the corset, and leave the red lace bra, which was obviously also in his hand. Mm. She also then admits that neither MTV or CBS had any role or previous knowledge in the incident, saying that this was a late addition during their final rehearsal. My decision to uh, change the Super Bowl performance was actually made after the final rehearsal. MTV, CBS, the NFL had no knowledge of this whatsoever. And unfortunately, the whole thing went wrong in the end. I... I'm really sorry if I offended anyone. That was truly not my intention. I call bullshit on all of this. Anyway, so she's been made to apologise there mm. um, and take the fall for it. She's the only person that issued a statement after the fact as well mm. at this stage. They had over 200,000 viewers of the Super Bowl <laughs> contacting the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission in the States, to complain about this performance. People, it's nine sixteenths of a second of tit. Like, mm. honestly. Well, there was one particular person that rang up. Yes. Yeah, and I've got a copy of the recording of her here. Mm. Hello, FCC. This is Lois, one star. I'm just ringing up to complain about what I've just seen on the Super Bowl. I am absolutely shocked and appalled. And as far as putting a review on this performance... And given the fact that I could see one star on that particular nipple, it's one star from me and an absolute disgrace. All right, well, that's just one example of, yes. you know, particularly irate. I mean, and it's, you know, it's just, like I said, over 200,000 complaints. The court documents revealed that actually in the end there was over 540,000 people, Whoa. half a million people complaining with the SCC about it. Um, although they're saying mm. that it was inflated by conservative and watchdog groups who they then rallied. So they rallied a whole bunch of people to uh, complain. They're like, yes. everybody pick up your pitchforks and torches <laughs> and call the FCC. We ain't going to have those titties on our TV during the Super Bowl. FCC chairman Michael Powell at the time called the nip slip a classless, crass and deplorable stunt and promised to take further action. CBS is fined $550,000 by the FCC, which was the largest ever fine of its kind at the time. And then following that, That's I think... a half million dollar nipple. Well, I think following that, they upped the fine to something like $5 million to... A $5 million nipple. Yeah, to stop something like that happening into the future because they thought, well, you know, $550,000... As far as marketing and promotions goes, it's pretty cheap. So they were worried that people would copy that and pull other outrageous stunts. So they upped it to five mil after that. America Online was the sponsor of the Halftime Entertainment. So that's obviously the internet company. They paid around $10 million to sponsor. Yes. Well, you know, like Super Bowl advertising is big bickies. Like, and I think that was part of the reason why they didn't cut the feed straight away because they still had to play the sponsor credit at the end yeah. of the Halftime Entertainment. So this nipple that- brought to you by America Online. <laughs> Well, everybody was trying to find it online afterwards. They, yeah. There could have been a really nice crossover promo opportunity. Mm. But um, so I think the reason that they didn't cut the feed was because they had to play the sponsor credits. Mm. They then said, well, we've paid $10 million for this. We want a refund from the NFL because we don't want to align ourselves 
with this. Um, the NFL then says, well, we're not going to give you your money back. We're not responsible. CBS or MTV should actually reimburse you. Mm. McDonald's was also part of the sponsorship of the Halftime Entertainment. Interestingly said it was inappropriate but they decided to stick with Timberlake as their celebrity endorser because well, of all the, you know, that da-da-da-da, I'm loving it, was taken from a Justin Timberlake song. Well, and, you know, if you turn their logo upside down, oh, yes. it's like a pair of boobs. It does. Hmm. Pretty hmm. saggy ones, but yes. Yeah, but still. Well, that's what happens if you have too many Big Macs. Make your boobs sag. The NFL was upset that the Super Bowl then was overshadowed by their halftime performance and they were extremely disappointed and said it was unlikely that MTV would produce another one. Well, they didn't, um, and and I think Viacom, which was the the parent company of MTV, were very angry that uh, that 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 addition to the Super Bowl performance cost them all of their future halftime shows. They hit back at Janet Jackson. She was blacklisted from any of me. I'd feel like she was made like a total scapegoat mm. by this whole thing, mm. and as a consequence, it really affected her album sales, her airplay, all of that stuff because they just didn't play her stuff. And they're mm. a big media company in the states. They they also disinvited her to the Grammys. You can't come now. You can't. Mm. You got your titty out on the TV and you're not allowed to come to the Grammys anymore, mm. Janet. You and your boober band. She was going to do a tribute to Luther Vandross mm. at the Grammys. That's a mm. big deal for her. That would have been mm. a huge honour. Justin also disinvited to the Grammys but somehow was able to meet with the executives and suck up to them and, and apologise and his band was lift, lifted. Yeah, and he was allowed to go. How's yeah. that fair? Well, it's not really, but he was the golden boy at the time and she was the pop star that was kind um, of... Well, she, was she on the way out? In the twilight of her career perhaps. Yeah. I mean, that's a harsh thing to say. I but she wasn't She wasn't as popular as she was in the 90s. Could have been plenty of life in the old dog yet. You just need to give her a chance, really. <laughs> but I think that the big question, and I don't think to this day it's ever fully been answered, was mm. was it intentional or not? Mm. And who knew about it? So straight after the performance, her publicist at the time, no comment, Justin Timberlake, I'm sorry for what happened, the producer from MTV, who was also the first woman to produce a Super Bowl halftime show, said there wasn't supposed to be any reveal. There should not have even been an action moment or anything ever ripped off her body. The FCC chairman, to this day, despite some ambiguity about who knew I think we were relatively convinced that somehow those producing the show knew what was going to happen. Their story to this day was they have absolutely no idea and the artists just did this on their own. Uh, mm, uh, look, I think it was intentional for sure. I absolutely think it was. And the big thing that makes me think it's intentional is the fact that her nipple was dressed up. <laughs> She put something on her nipple. Like she had like the big sunburst thing. It was a big thing. It looked like a ninja star on there. The body piercer actually yes. has weighed in. So her stylist, Wayne Scott Lucas, a couple of days out from the performance, went to a piercing shop hmm. in town hmm. and bought the starburst nipple shield. And according to the body piercer, he said... Watch the halftime show. It's going to be a surprise at the end. There you go. I, I, of course, 
I knew it. That's then, enough validation for me. Honestly. The body piercer and the tailor, I think, are the, the key to this, yeah. this mystery. They're the ones that, are, that have unraveled it. So the tailor, so the corset, remember the corset we talked mm. about that was kind of this outfit? That was taken to a tailor, a local tailor, and he altered it. Mm. And so they interviewed the tailor and they're like, what happened? What did you alter? Why? How? The tailor says, I signed the papers with Ms. Jackson not to release anything at all. Not to release anything at about all. About the tailoring. So he was under oh, a, he's, he's a confident a, an, an NDA, a mm, confidentiality clause yes, yes. that you can alter this corset for Ms. Jackson. But don't tell but anyone. you can't tell anyone what you did or why. So this is a massive conspiracy. The likes Isn't of which we've never seen. This is like oh. JFK all over again. I know, again. I know. Uh, I, I feel like Murder She Wrote. I think they were all. I feel in like on Angela it. I th- and I think the right MTV now. producers would have absolutely known what was going on and probably encouraged it. Well, you saw the old Nelly, you're so fine ripping off their clothes. Kid Rock to, rips, um, off, rips off his pimp coat. There's a lot of boob grabbing. Like it just. Everything, it seemed like the natural conclusion. If you put it into context to like <laughs> early 2000s, everything was hypersexualized then. Like pornography mm. was almost mainstream. MTV was doing a lot of that sort of stuff with like uh, dating shows and things like that. You've got like that, that, I don't know, like there's a lot of testosterone and estrogen flying around in the air. Everything was very sexualized back then. And I think that that was just an extension of. Of that, I, I absolutely think that it was intentional, and I'm mm. pretty sure that there was more than one person involved. I, the fact that Janet Jackson had to take the fall for it, I think, is pretty appalling, considering a lot of people would have been involved. Oh, did the NFL know about it? Maybe not. Maybe, but not. it's very easy for them to distance themselves from it after the fact. So her stylist who bought the piercing is releasing a book. I think I don't think it's out yet. I tried to have a oh, look. Of course, he called is. War. Mm. Capital War slash Drobe malfunctions. Is that it's only about this? Is that uh, there's that, a whole book? This person was a, a stylist to the stars, but and I think was on a reality anyone, show. And I mean, well, no, really, that's all we're going to read. That's all anyone's going to read. Gonna for, read of it. No one gives a According shit. to the stylist, mm. the reveal had already been planned by Janet and her choreographer. Right. Justin comes up to the stylist and he's all excited for his performance and he's like, we've got to do something big. We've got to show something. We've got to make this happen. So the stylist says. So, okay, Justin, why don't you whip your dick out? <laughs> so the stylist says to Justin, go practice your beatboxing and have a chat to Janet. You go and talk. I don't want anything to do with this. You go and talk to Janet and see what happens. So as far as Justin knows, according to this stylist, mm. it's Justin's idea. Because Justin wants to do something big and then goes to chat to Janet. But Justin doesn't know that Janet's already planned it with the choreographer. Oh, is that the stylist story? This is the stylist version of events. So we don't know if this is legit. Mm. This makes sense, though. He goes on to say that the stage lights were supposed to go dark at the moment that he tears away the top. So he tears the top, fades to black, everything's covered, no one's really none the wiser. You just see a rip and then black. Then why would you why would you go and purchase a little star, a little nipple star to put on the nipple? Apparently she wears them all the time. Apparently really? it's not out of the ordinary. Just but even when you're doing like, you know, high-intensity choreography at a Super Bowl half, it kind of gets in the way. Like there's an OH&S hazard there. <laughs> you want to stab yourself in the boob. So it was supposed to be Have You Naked by the End of This Song. On song it was Rip. rip. 
fade to black fireworks. Didn't fade to black. Didn't fade to black. Everyone so saw everything. It's the uh, it's the person who did the lighting's fault. Then obviously, it's the you know it's the, there was is the lone gunman on on the grassy knoll. That's what it is. He also then took the fall because they turned it into this is a wardrobe malfunction which made it sound like there was something wrong with the integrity of his costumes. So he actually lost a TV deal and lost a lot of work. And he's saying, well, there actually wasn't anything wrong with the costume. It was meant to rip away. We had it altered to do that. And if if you watch it back, there is a few points throughout Janet's performances where she's kind of touching around that area and I'm wondering if she's just trying to make sure it's not going to fall off. Oh, before. Earlier, yeah. There's a few points where there's a bit of boob grabbing. I'm going to have to go back and look at it again now. I don't really want to. Yes, I do. (laughs) Who am I kidding? Look, it just went on for a long time. A year after it, there were these uh, tech guys from PayPal up in uh, Silicon Valley there, and they were getting dinner and they were discussing the whole thing, Janet Jackson's breast. This guy by the name of Chad Hurley, uh, Stephen Chen, and Joe Ed Karim. And they were like saying, oh, geez, it's really hard to find any footage of this incident. We can't find it anywhere. Mm. So in 2004 in February, there's no such thing as viral videos. You can't, you can't just go, hey, Siri, hey, Google, show me Janet Jackson's boob. So it's like if you missed it and you weren't taping the Super Bowl, you didn't see it. And everyone was talking about it and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. But if you didn't record it, like no chance mm. of seeing it. So Karim tells uh, USA Today in 2006 that they were uh, they were talking to each other about how cool it would be to have an online site for people to share that video. It oh. always comes back to sex and nudity Boops. on the internet, really. Mm. Boobs, yeah. Mm. I mean, they are the world revolves around them, you know. <laughs> And that is pretty much how YouTube was born. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Even though it was thinly veiled with the first video being a trip to the zoo, the second thing was obviously the boob at the Super Bowl and that definitely got the most hits and I think it still does to this day. It's ridiculous. Mm. Mm. So Justin Timberlake is interviewed retrospectively and he talks about the incident. Wow, like we still haven't found the weapons of mass destruction and everybody cares about this, this I was sort of dumbfounded at how crucified the whole thing was. It's an understatement to say that it was sort of unfair if you look, if you, if you consider it 50-50. I mean, I probably got 10% of mm-hmm. the blame. And that, I think that says something about society. You know, I think that America's harsher on women. And I think that America's you know, unfairly harsh on ethnic people. I like it how he's taken the president's defence. He's taken a leaf out of the book of his own president's. Oh, look over there. He's used the weapons, weapons of, mass of mass destruction, destruction. <laughs> to divert attention from it. Oh, look, he makes a good point because it's like, really, this is the biggest thing that we care about right now. I get that. But there's no there's no acknowledgement of the role that he played within it and he's saying, oh, it's unfair that, you know, she copped all the blame. But he's never accepted, he's not accepting any blame in what he's saying there, is well, he? He's no. just going, well, look over there at the weapons of mass destruction. I'll well, look at over society. No. They're, they're, they're mistreating her. No, we want to go to YouTube and look at videos of the weapon of mass seduction. <laughs> that's what we want to look at. Look, Janet actually comes clean. Comes clean. That's not the right word for it. She, she has a tell-all interview. This goes on for ages, like mm. I said. 
2006, Janet finally breaks her silence after the apology. That's the only thing she kind of said about it. She breaks her silence in 2006 and she has a tell-all interview with Oprah Winfrey. Do you think in any way that uh, Justin Timberlake left you hanging out there? (laughs) I am speaking to Miss Jackson. (laughs) Do you? Well, uh, all the emphasis was put on me, mm-hmm. not on Justin. And uh, <laughs> just, Justin, we were friends. Mm-hmm. And, and not that we, we aren't now. We haven't spoken, but, but uh, I consider him a friend. And I'm very loyal, and friendship is very important to me. She didn't say anything then. She didn't say anything. No. Didn't say anything. Hmm. But uh, I think he kind of left her out to dry. I, I don't think left, le- her, hanging. left her hanging quite, is probably not an appropriate term. <laughs> Uh, I think that's not a very flattering term. Question, though. Yes. If that had been Jessica Simpson's boob that bounced out, mm. do you think we would have been as outraged as what we were with Janet, who is a little bit older, is a woman of colour? Do you think there would have been 500,000 letters of complaint to the FCC if it was Jessica Simpson? I think there would have still been complaints. I don't know to what extent. Mm. I think too, though, at the time, women still very much objectified in the early 2000s. So mm. I, I think that there would have been, I think it would have been same, same, but maybe a bit different. I don't think that she would have been made to be this massive scapegoat. I reckon Justin would have copped it. Maybe. I mean, the thing with Justin, though, is. He's Teflon, isn't he? Not anymore. He seems mm. to be copping it a lot now. Mm. But up until, be- up until Britney's book. Yeah. He was Captain Teflon. He yeah. just there's so many things that have happened over the years. Oh, it's only a matter of time before the chickens come home to roost though. So, 10 years on from Nipplegate, the FCC chairman Michael Powell admits that the committee acted unfairly towards Janet Jackson. Wow. They they took a decade for them to retract whatever they said. Uh he tells ESPN, that's the other sporting network that's that's uh, big over there, uh that the FCC overreacted. He said, "I personally thought that was really unfair. It all turned into being about her. In reality, if you slow the thing down, it's Justin ripping off her breast place." Uh yeah, but it's a choreography thing as well. Uh, the comments are a complete turnaround from his own words in when he was when mm. he actually. I, I think at the time he said it was a new low from prime time. Oh, he TV. was calling her crass, and um, what else did he say? I just think a new low for primetime TV. Like that's a big call. There's a lot of. Class- Crass and a deplorable stunt. And he aimed that at at Janet, yeah. For better or for worse, nipplegate is one of the (laughs) most searched terms in the history of the internet to this day. Oh, by the way, in sports, the Super Bowl was on. There was a football game between (laughs) the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots. Patriots won 32-29 and Tom Brady was named the MVP. Look, into technology now, and look, it is a bit of an afterthought, but I was just thinking, you know, you're talking about the, the Jessica Simpson thing, hmm. and if if it was her instead of Janet, would it be different? And I kind of want to walk that back a bit because I do think that 
there's no good way to say this, but slut shaming was a bit of a thing back then. I mean, mm. you look at the Paris Hilton tape, and yeah, and so yeah. I don't know that it would have been any different. Anyway, let's move and look. Let's uh, let's move on to technology and uh, let's talk about Facebook or the Facebook, the Facebook as it was known yes. back then. Now, didn't Mark Zuckerberg initially invent this as some kind of hot or not type thing? No, he did another. He did another site. I think it was called Face Mash. Oh, so that was right. he had a couple of earlier forays into similar types like of interfaces. Yeah. He did one called Course Match, where mm. you could view other people taking your degree, great, and meet up with them. Hey, we're mm. doing the same course. Woo. Oh, let's hook up. Um, and Face Mash, which was where you could vote on two randomly selected Harvard women. And vote as to which one was the most attractive of the two. So that was face mash, but very similar to what was hot or not back. It was a different time. It sure was. Or was it really? Anyway, uh, so they were obviously prototypes for the Facebook, which on the fourth of February, Mark Zuckerberg launches from his Harvard dorm room. A Facebook is common terminology apparently in universities. It's a student directory. Mm. They call it a Facebook and it features photos and basic information. Early 2000s, though, well, particularly at Harvard, it wasn't online. You had a paper printout. So when you were a freshman, you got a printout of all the other students and the staff with mm. a photo of them um, and their deets, basically. Right. Sounds a bit stalkerish, to be honest. Well, I guess you want to know who you're going to school with. Really? Do you need to know all well, of them? I don't well, know. It I, sounds I a bit want odd. To know. I mean, I don't care. I'm flat out, you know, speaking to people that I do know at the best of times. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg decides that, ugh, this is dumb, printing it all out on paper. He's a he's a 23-year-old psychology student at the time. Mm. So he said, you know what, I can do a better job. Like, you guys haven't done anything. You haven't created an online one. You're obviously taking your time. But whatever you do, I can do better and mm. I can do it quicker. Uh, give me a week. Give me yeah. a week and yeah. I will connect all of these people online instead of this dumb printout. Yep. So, so he sets to coding, does hmm. the whole coding thing. So he is, he is a programmer. He's done, like we said, the course match and the face mash. Hmm. Um, and so he starts writing code January 2004 and right. he creates the Facebook and met with another student called Eduardo oh, Saverin. Eduardo, poor Eduardo. I just at the movie The Social Network. They chucked in Garfield's character. Terrible. The grand H for the site. It's an online directory that connects people through universities and colleges through their social networks there. You sign on, you make a profile about yourself by answering some questions, entering some information such as your concentration or major at school, um, contact information about phone numbers, instant messaging, screen names, anything you want to tell, interests, what books you like, movies, and most importantly, who your friends are. And then you can browse around and see who people's friends are and just check out people's online identities and see how people portray themselves and just find some interesting information about people. So 20 years, right, doesn't seem like a big passage of time. Yes, you have a question? Has anyone anyone actually looked into this? Because... He's a psychology student. Yeah. He's studying psychology. Yeah. He's created the Facebook mm. where people can write things about themselves and yeah. connect. Did anyone think maybe this is just 
an experiment of the psychology yes, student I think to he, see no, what okay. people would do and Conspiracy what would happen? Theory? I think he's an alien. Is it his project? I think he's an alien and I think that Facebook is his alien ant farm. <laughs> <laughs> is he a smooth criminal? Well... Well, that I, I'm Ooh, not going there. No, allegedly, allegedly. You'll but, get blocked. You think, You'll get cut off from all the internet. On, I'm not on the Facebook. You won't but need do you, to be. Do you think, though, that maybe it did start as his own kind of social experiment just to see what see what would happen? I don't know. I mean, I've watched the movie. That's that's my knowledge of the background of it is the movie. It's a great movie too. Mm, but, the yes, he Network. just explained what it was in that interview. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying though is yes, 20, 20 years is seems to me like such a short passage of time because I'm old. Mm. But uh, it's amazing how far that that has come in, mm. in two decades. In two mm. decades, you know, he's he's got the Facebook, which he launched on February 4 in 2004. He tells a couple of friends who suggest sharing it on the Kirkland House online mailing list. Kirkland. Yeah, so Kirkland. To do with Costco. Costco, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that that's like several hundred people. By the end of the night, they're watching the registrations on, on the night of February 4, 2004. Within 24 hours, they have between 1,200 and 1,500 registrants, and it grows from there. Well, it's impossible to tell. When we first launched, we were hoping for, you know, maybe 400, 500 people. Harvard didn't have a Facebook, so that's the gap that we were trying to fill. And now we're at 100,000 people, so who knows where we're going next. Um, we're hoping to have many more universities by the fall, hopefully over 100 or 200. And from there, we're going to launch a bunch of site applications, which should keep people coming back to the site and maybe could make something cool. Something cool, yeah. Like, yeah. Because he knows what cool totally. is. Totally cool. Mm, look, he does, obviously. So 1,200 Harvard students sign up in 24 hours after one month. Over half of the undergraduate population has a profile. Six days after the launch, three Harvard University seniors, the Winklevoss twins, oh, Cameron yes. and Tyler, mm. and uh, Divya Narendra, uh, accused Zuckerberg of intentionally misleading them into believing that he would help them build a social network called HarvardConnection.com. But he obviously took the code and everything for himself. Mm. And, and then so they complain to the student newspaper, and then they begin an investigation. This is a big I deal. I love that the student newspaper does the investigation. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very Scooby-Doo. It's Harvard. <laughs> right on, Ruckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> he would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling Winklevosses. Well, he did. He did get away with he it. He did. He still yes. is. Yes, exactly. He's, he's still judging us all with his psychology student hat on. Uh, so initially it was restricted to Harvard University students. Then in March 2004, so a month later, it expanded to Stanford, Columbia and Yale. And then this continued when it opened to all Ivy League and Boston area schools, gradually reached most universities in the United States and Canada. It's now, just but, yes, but, but, incredible. Well, it was. The expansion was incredible, but it was very limited back in 2004. What could you do on the Facebook the in, Facebook. The, in the 04? Eight features. There's eight, eight features. Feature number one. Yes. User accounts with real names are required, restricted to Harvard e e EDU email uh -huh. addresses. Yes. Feature number two, friends, including friend requests. Mm. Feature number three. Invitations. Feature number four, profiles with a single photo, one photo oh, for each user. Oh, better make it a good one. Feature five, ability to list metadata like gender, birthday, dorm, phone number, favourite music, favourite books and courses as well as looking for, which included options such as random play, whatever I can get. Oh, Ooh. that's a bit 
gross. Uh, what what feature am I up to? I don't even know. Search by name, class year courses, and other metadata, some privacy restrictions, and a feature to visualize a user's friend graph, which was later cut. Because, mm. I mean, you know, if you had a paltry friend graph, that it's might not do much for your self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. There was no messages. There was no pokes. There was no notifications. No Scrabble? No walls. Notifications. I mean, how good would that? You wouldn't get addicted to it if it didn't do notifications. (laughs) No news feed, no status updates, one photo like we said before, and the site's logo was actually a picture of Al Pacino. (laughs) He he should have sued. Yeah, and then the footer says he should have. He could have got a lot of money Footer for says that. a Mark Zuckerberg production, which would have pissed the Winklevosses off Even so more. much. Yes, yeah. TM, mm. copyright. Wouldn't it be amazing if mm. for April Fool's Day mm. on the 20-year anniversary, Zuck just winds it back to those eight features and you, you, everyone, all of you, just got to suck it up with the eight features? That's that's the kind of genius that I don't think he's capable. Only you are capable that would, of that. Wouldn't that be? An, wouldn't that be amazing? I, I'm, I'm here yes. for it. I think that's a great idea. Well, he'll probably do it, and then I'll tell the student newspaper that he stole my idea. Yes, it's on the record. Now. Yes, and then you end what up. What were in they the, called? The Crimson or whatever it was. Yes, the Crimson I'm was the name the of the student Crimson. newspaper. I hope you're listening. I said this is my idea. Mm. Yes. Anyway, anyway. Um, in the summer of 2004, it was turned into a corporation. Facebook. Oh. Sean Parker, the Napster guy. Oh, Justin that Timberlake, yeah, oh. yeah. Formally, he'd been informally advising Zuckerberg, and he became the president of the company. Yeah, Why and then and then they moved to Palo Alto, California, and that's where they became really big. Then they dropped the "the" from its name after they purchased the domain Facebook in 2005 for 200 grand, and then it's made available for high school students, and in 2006 it becomes accessible to the public. So we'll go on about this for a little while in the oh, podcast. for at least two more years. Yes, then it goes all <laughs> around the world, mm. spreads all around the world like cancer. Uh, it becomes the go-to social media site. Now it's, what do they say now on Ted Lasso? It's for oh, people over 50 and racists. people and racists. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, it's been very controversial. We know this. Misinformation, fake accounts, people being able it's been the Wild West, unregulated. Selling data. Managed by bots, selling data, but the whole again, election thing. the psychology student. And yeah. you willingly put your phone number in there to connect with other students doing your course. More fool you. Mm-hmm. It was also really the start. So we had, we did have MySpace, obviously. Mm. But this was also part of that big, what they called Web 2.0, that whole user-generated content. Mm. So all of a sudden we could be part of the internet. We could create content. We didn't need to be coders. We didn't need to have special privileges or publishing rights. We could be part of this and we could create our own content. That, MySpace, obviously YouTube now, and it was really the dawn of this this user-generated content and all of us becoming effectively content creators. I think. Look, I think it's a. It, it, there's a lot to be said for the virtues of being able to connect people. I think it's wonderful. Mm, mm. Um, and I'd sound like a wowser if I didn't think that that was a wonderful thing. It's been amazing. Mm. It's been it's such a fabulous tool in so many ways. Um, and particularly when you think back to the pandemic as well, and the way that people used social networking to remain connected when we were isolating and we were cut off from everybody. Exactly. And you were able to see what was happening on the other side of the world yeah, as well. Yeah, it's been extraordinary. And, yeah. and, I mean, even for us to be able to connect with people that we've then had on the podcast back in the day when yeah. we used to do interviews and stuff like that, I, I think that's been wonderful. Um, and 
but I, I, it's interesting that it came from a psychology student mm. because I think it's also changed our psyches. Like social media in general has changed our psyches, maybe eventually for the better because I think we'll become more resilient when we come out the other side of it. But it's the, the like with anything, there's negatives and positives to it mm. all. Uh, and eventually I think Zuckerberg will be like, I've collected all the data I needed and now I'm returning back to my home planet. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like we've already done music talking about the Super Bowl yes. halftime show. But anyway, it's music time. Oh. <laughs> oh, special guest star Lois. No, 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 no. I don't know. I've never seen her before in my life. <laughs> we'll start with the US charts. The top five this week, 20 years ago, sounded like this. Five. Four. Yes, number one, again. <sighs> yes. Well, look, our cast not, not budging from the number one and two position. The way you move, as performed by the marching band on uh, Super Bowl Halftime Entertainment. Oh, yeah. Yep. Slow Jams, number three, you don't know mm. my name, number four, Alicia Kiss. Oh, we have a new entry. Sorry, I didn't research. Normally I will talk about the new entry, me, myself and I, Beyonce, but I have much more important news further on in the Australian charts, so I just ignored that. But we'll dissect that in a future episode. When oh, okay. We have less content. I can't wait. Uh, we have a new number one in the UK. Also, don't really know too much about it, but let's have a listen. Take me to the clouds Oh, that it's, song, LMC versus YouTube. It's like the it's, mashup um, of the Whitney Houston song. There's a boy I know. How will one. I know? How will yeah. I know? Yes. And with or without you. Oh, that's why it's that, versus YouTube. That U2. has to be. I remember that song. I that mean, was like a remix. I'm not song. a massive YouTube fan. Like, I'm, I'm be perfectly clear. But that this that song is a crime against music. Really, I quite like it. No, it's appalling. Okay, well, let's why move. Anyway, let's move to the number one song here in Australia this week, twenty years ago. Shannon Noel. No, Speaking of crimes against music, he was robbed on robbed. Australian Idol. Absolutely. Mm. And of course, that was the moving pictures song. What about me? No, that was that's that's the Nolsey song. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I think that somewhere along the line, moving pictures probably need to concede and it's just like, go. Ah, you it's know yours. what, Nolsey? It's yours. It's, you can it's, have it. It's yours, mate. You, you, <laughs> We're never singing it you again. Dominated it. It's like when, like the way that when Trent Reznor, when Johnny Cash covered the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt. 
And it was just this beautiful version of you hers. You can have it. And Trent Reznor, the, the original writer of that song, said, oh, look, it's it's all his now. I can't I can't top that. Yes. I think Moving Pictures should do that to Nolsey. I think so too. They yeah. first recorded it in 1981, written by Gary Frost and Francis Swan. Mm. Frost wrote the song. He'd gone to get lunch in his lunch break at his local shop yeah. in the city Sydney suburb of Asquith. Mm. Never heard of it. No. But he saw a small boy in the shop who wasn't being noticed and he was waiting he get some at the frogs. counter of the corner shop, yep. waiting back there, waiting half the day. They never ever see him. I don't reckon he would have been waiting half a day. He was. Just quiet. Well, if it was his lunch break, no. No. It's, no, I feel like it's exaggerating. I've told you a thousand times. <laughs> Don't exaggerate. Or did he stay there? Did he stay there and observe for the rest of the day? Well, well, I'm just going to stand he here that, like, and see how long it takes and him to serve And if that's the case, guy. like, why wouldn't you actually step up and say something like, hey. Excuse me. Mate. He this, was first. This little kid he has been first. standing at the counter of the corner shop He's waiting, been waiting back, back there, there waiting, waiting half, half a day. day. They never ever see him from, from the, the top. top. The, he gets, gets pushed, pushed around, around, knocked to the ground. He gets to his feet and he says, just give him his red frogs. Just let him have his red frogs. <laughs> and his Devon sandwich. He might have been picking it's up a cart. It's 1981. He would have been getting a Devon and sandwich. I don't know what kind of suburb Asquith is. He was probably bread. picking up a carton of Marlboro for his parents. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, Maybe some Winnie Blues. Potentially. Maybe I mean, one. I don't know. I don't know. I think my mm. version of the truth is probably no different to what Gary Frost or, or Francis Swans is. <laughs> Anyway, it belongs to Nolsey It's Nolsey's song. Yes. He records it for his debut album, That's What I'm Talking About. Mm. He performed it on... That's such a black name for a Nolsey. That's, that's what, what I'm, I'm talking, talking about. about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he performed it on Australian Idol. He did. And it was well, well received. That key change, that what about me, that oh, gets please. me every time. Don't even attempt to I, No, emulate. I can't do it. And we've, no. I've tried in Sing Star and it's... Yeah, worked you out can't very badly. Yeah. But that just all every time I get emotional at mm. that key change. And the bit where he does big people, big. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Stop it. I know. Stop I know. it. I Debuts know. at number one on the Aria Singles chart, which is obviously this week, 20 years ago. Yep. Double platinum accreditation, mm-hmm. uh, 140,000 copies shipped in its first week. <sighs> Jeez, forget he's about units. forget about the Nazi. landfill angels brought me here. Yep. It's all about what about me? That's like one copy for every attendee of the Daniloquin Ute Muster. <laughs> Number one <laughs> for four weeks, eventually selling over two hundred eighty thousand copies, certified quadruple platinum in Australia alone, highest selling single in Australia for two thousand and four. Oh, so higher alert. than Guy Sebastian. Excellent, good, and. I think my favourite bit. Yes. Set and filmed over two days in his hometown of Yeah, they went to his place. Condo. Mm. And it was over 38 degrees Celsius. Jeez, the film crew would have been pissed off about that, wouldn't they? Depicts his life in a small country town. Mm. And the extras in the video are local residents, including his two brothers. Oh, good on you, Nolsey. Put your brothers in there. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I bet you he got a bit of (laughs) s. Good noble. (laughs) Oh, here he comes. Remember he got the Southern Cross tattoo as well? I, I feel like he, that was a misstep for Nolsey. I think he already had that. No, uh, I think he got it as part of Idol. I'm willing to overlook that because Speaking it's of, Nolsey. you know, I mean, there's another person that puts stars on their nipples, but anyway. <laughs> uh, we've got an album as well. Oh, oh see, I like, another, this, I like this song. Another karaoke fave. I really do like this song.
it cause the dancer don't mind at the New Orleans if you tip him and they make a cut. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Scissor Sisters. This is what I'm talking about with everything being sexualized. This group is called the Scissor Sisters. I didn't realize what that meant mm. until I was doing the research. And. I hovered over it because you know how on Wikipedia mm. you can hover over things for a definition. Mm. I hovered over it and it gave me a diagram. Oh, really? You've got to a be diagram, really careful. A diagram, a very, a very uh, detailed diagram, and I was, I was shocked that I just, I had no idea that that's. Look, I'm no scientist. <laughs> I'm no scientist, but I'll have a look anyway. Um, it, I, you've got to be very careful if you're performing that manoeuvre. Because you could create, you know, when you like when you when you put two cups together stop, and they stop, create a vacuum and then they stop, get stuck stop. and you need it takes a lot of effort to then pry them apart. But they were, I think, they were very, <laughs> they were very um, big in the the gay scene, and I think mm. I think they were living in America, but they'd come from the UK mm. because America was a lot more. Um, Progressive and open and accepting. Really? And Did you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> and well, they they're really big in a lot of gay clubs mm. over over in the states. Mm. But the album and the single did really well in the UK and not not America. It's but, a great um, song. It's a very very good mm, song. I don't know about mm. the rest of the album, but that song in particular. Just don't is pretty just good. don't hover over their name on Wikipedia. <sighs> just be careful. Or do if you don't know what it means, and you will know what it means pretty quickly. Yes, yes. Uh, certified nine times platinum in the UK. The, uh, hover over it and thank us later. <laughs> well, it's not real people. It's um, it's illustrations. Oh yeah, but if you they're mean, at, they're. Anatomically correct illustrations, but it's an illustration. It's not real life. If you've got a furtive imagination, it'll get you there. (laughs) Anyway, um, they. so what were you saying? They're number one in the UK. Nine times platinum sold over 2,700,000 copies in the UK alone. Again, which I'm saying, that's where they were from, but then they they were in America when they recorded this and did this all over America. Uh, five times platinum in Ireland as well. Seriously, though. I mean, Paid what does it take to become five times, five times platinum in, in Ireland? Like, what's that involve? How many copies do you reckon? <laughs> Seven? Yeah. <laughs> and a bucket of potatoes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> over to the box office now. Want of a better word. <laughs> Don't hover over it. Um, along Pain Polly is still number one here in Australia, yep. but we've got a new number one at the box office over in the US. You got served. They were the best of friends. I know you better than anybody. I know when you're tripping. What's up? I'm not like you, B. I can't just sit around and dream. Their crew was unstoppable. We just got a $5,000 challenge from some rich kid out of Orange County. <laughs> Do this again sometime. What's the matter with you? No fight. You're just mad. Cause tonight you suckers got served. Tell me last night didn't happen. How the hell we lose five G's in ten minutes, man? So Rick, the big bounce. That's what's up. Fifty thousand dollars. Yes, man. Just enough money to change our life. Now. Hey. What you doing, Leah? Calm down. So my mama, you ain't getting with my sister. He's playing you, Leah. Now stay away from her. Don't be talking to her like that. If they want their shot. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Lala. 
We got the hottest crews competing for $50,000. They'll have to come together. You're not gonna win this without David, and you know it. David ain't getting down with my crew no matter what. Wish you the best of luck, all right, bro? Oh, best of luck, brother. Mm. You got served. That's about dance crews. I haven't seen it. Yes, it's uh, dance battles in an L.A. warehouse belonging to a local club owner called Mr. Rad, who's played Mm. by Steve Harvey. Mm. Uh, A rich kid challenges some not rich kids for $5,000 and they accept and they perform their moves. There's tensions. Um, Sounds like it. And it's starring your favourite. Remember... A Marion, a Marion, a Moron. Oh yeah. Um, what was he the, from? B two K. Was it the bump bump bump? It's, guy? Oh, so he's I'm a Marion. It's his acting it? debut. It's his acting debut. Oh, good for you. I'm a Moron. Fourteen percent critic score, so it didn't oh. uh, do too well. The audiences loved it because it had I'm a Marion in it. Steve Harvey was in it as well. You know, that's Steve what I said. Harvey, he was the, Mr. The Mr. Rad. The Mr. Uni- the Miss Universe, the, the one that got the, the yeah, the guy, the, the moustache, the moustache yeah, guy. That's the show. Yeah, yeah, him. Mm. He was yeah. Mr. Rad. I said mm. that already. Sorry. Um, but I yes. zoned out for a second. I'm Ryan. I'm yeah. Marion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got served. The yeah. end. Uh, I, well, 14% from the critics, 69 audience score. I said that already. Yeah, there's a bit of a theme with this show, isn't there? <laughs> um, I would like to see a local version of You Got Served. I'd like to see the Canbar shuffle go up against the Belcon and Skank. I think that would be great. <laughs> Anyway, let's go to TV. TV. Oh, oh, we had a debut here in Australia. Yes, I remember uh, this show. One Feb, but no one was watching because we were watching the nip slip on the Super Bowl on one Feb. But um, well, yeah, maybe I mean, we watched it. I think in the evening, maybe, unless maybe. you're watching the replay of the Super maybe. Bowl. Yeah. My Restaurant Rules. Uh-huh. It's the series where you've got five couples from different capital cities and they compete against each other in opening a restaurant. So it yes. goes through right from the start. So they're doing like the fit out and the build of the restaurant. They determine what the menu was, will be. It wasn't a bad show. It was pretty good. Worked through it and then they would have people come in and eat at the restaurant and mm. then give them a score. Yeah. And people would get eliminated. Idea. And then... We love that food. It's a very, it's a very primal thing. It's like what, what, what things do you need? You need like food and shelter and sex and other things, and <laughs> and that fits one of those categories anyway. And that, I feel like this, you know, all in all, now this this episode of the podcast, now that we're discussing my restaurant rules, has ticked all the boxes. All of the boxes. Every single box. It is ticked box. them. Yes. yes. Uh, so the first season had uh, Nick and Emily, the Red Sea from Adelaide. Yes. Uh, Simon and Natalie, probably Natalie, but there was an extra H. The Bogan spelling. Yeah. My Little Kitchen, Brisbane. Oh, that uh, explains that she's from Brisbane. Peter yep. and Thaisa, Seven mm-hmm. Stones, Melbourne. Ash and Amanda, Room Nineteen in Perth. Sam and Catherine, Cucina Vera, Sydney. Yes. We found the original audition tape for Simon and Nathalie for My Little Kitchen in Brisbane. We've got the name picked out. M-Y-L-K. And it stands for My Little Kitchen. Milk. 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 <laughs> so when you picture owning your own restaurant, what do you picture? Um, Hiring the waitresses. Yeah. Mm. Classy. Mm. Classy milk. They don't sound. Milk. They don't sound annoying at all. Perfect reality show people. Mm. Uh, how did they go? Well, they didn't win. But you know how I said people come and eat at the restaurant and then yeah. judge them. Yeah. 
Someone you know went into their restaurant and ate. wasn't expecting Simon to be able to cook. And I also, was, I suppose, wasn't expecting him to be a bit, because of what I heard about his ego, for him to be kind of one of those big chefs that are driven by their own self-importance. Actually, the food that he's putting on the plate was great. Oh, wow. That's, Do you know who that voice is? That, that's Matt Preston that, before yes. MasterChef. MasterChef. Wow. This was actually the first restaurant cooking-based reality show that we had in Australia. This was is this was the one that started it all. My yes, Kitchen this is Rules. Does groundbreaking. It, do they still do it? They do My Restaurant Rules, oh, but it has evolved. Oh, they do. So now it's My Kitchen Rules. See, I'm getting confused. So this oh, is so, My sorry. Restaurant Rules. It starts as My Restaurant Rules yes. and now it's My Kitchen it's Rules. Yes. But it's different. That's where they do, where they come to someone's house houses. and they cook. I they think don't I'm a set bit up of a restaurant. good cook. Oh, do you? Well, let's put your money And the paleo is. guy was on it, remember? Oh, Pete Evans, so yeah. Do we talk about him yeah. anymore? No, because he had I'm that COVID sure. machine, didn't no. he? Remember he had yes. the machine that cured COVID and you could buy it for like Five hundred thousand dollars. Yes, and apparently, if you give your babies bone broth, they, yeah, they're yeah, fine. Yeah, it's great. Don't worry about it. No, yeah. don't listen. That's a joke. It's mm. not true. Don't listen to Pete. No, ever. Don't listen to us at any stage. Um, so, so, so but, that was the that was like the OG reality cooking show. Mm-hmm. Milk didn't win. Um, no. Perth's Room Nineteen. Ash and Amanda were the winners. Yeah. Um, but th- that was hosted by Curtis Stone. I remember 2005, my restaurant rules, because yes. Dico took over hosting. Yes. Remember I got the promotional apron. That was a good thing about oh. working at Prime. I used to get all the promotional stuff and I got an apron and it had mm. tools in it. Didn't we go, we attempted to go to one of the restaurants in two. We went to Pink Salt. which in was Manly. Bella, Bella and. I don't know, someone. Some but guy that started with A. In. Did we get in? We didn't get in. We lined up. Yes. No, so I think we did. Wasn't no, it Italian? I, I don't think we got in. Oh, no, we went elsewhere. I think we, we went ended to up Italian. going to the Four Pines Brewery to, or something we went to Italian. because we couldn't yes, get in. Yes, it was Bella and um, a guy, yeah, Pink Salt. Mm. They were season two. Did they win? No, I think the ones that won, the um, oh, venue. Salt season, I love it. The venue was actually um, planned for demolition, so they had to close their restaurant or something. Oh, oh that's weird. just um, So, yeah, they did, they did really Dico's them, version it? and mm. it had the Dandy Warhols in the promo. We used to be, a long time ago, oh, we, used we used to be, to be friends. friends. I always Everyone remember that. that song. Yeah. Um, and then I think it got axed after that and then they brought in the My Kitchen, kitchen Rules. rules. Save yeah, a whole bunch of money. But My Kitchen Rules was a rip-off of, was it Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Oh, that or? show was great. Come Dine With Me. Come, Come Dine, dine with, me. with Me. That was that was on the SBS. That was great because there's always fights. Show. I like the English one. Still better. So good. Probably the original and the best, I would think. But then back to Pete Evans for a second. So he's like really? Captain Paleo. Yeah. And he's a judge on my kitchen rules. Yeah. And he has to eat what they cook. So therefore he he's eating things that aren't paleo. I think about So maybe, he's going against his own rules. Maybe he spit it out afterwards. I don't know. How did that work? Um, what they would do, because as paleo as the caveman diet, is they would run along with the food on a plate and he would yes. wear a loincloth and chase it with a spear. Ah, and then mix it with some coconut and then, and oil then, and, and then, an avocado and, and it's fine. And, and everything tastes like dates. <laughs> We're there. Hatches, matches, and dispatch. I'm exhausted. Nipplegate. I mean, there's been a lot of smut, hasn't there? Look, I should also preface, well, maybe put a caveat 
not a preface because we're at the end of the show. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> That's possibly one of the stupidest things I've said. Uh, yes. I'll put a caveat on this. that Both of us recovering from the COVID-19 at the moment, mm. although mm. I don't know if it is the COVID-19. It's probably the COVID-22 at this stage. Yes. In 24. It's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks in the uh, T-20 household, mm. but we are here for you. We are. Nonetheless. And we still bring the nips. That's <laughs> They keep getting bigger. But also... Can I just back to nipples for a second? Yeah. Adam Levine. Did we ever stray away from that? Adam Levine, when yeah. he did his Maroon 5 oh, Super Bowl. Oh, because he watched the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. He took his He shirt got off. his nips out. Nobody cared. That's fine. He yeah. can get his set. And it wasn't attractive. No, it wasn't a good look, was it? No. Yeah, look, I don't know. I think there is a lot it's of very, double. Very unfair. Mel, this very is the world unfair. we're living in. There's lots of double Free standards in this society. Free the nipple. You know? I think if it happened now, we'd be fine with it. I think we'd just be yeah, sure, whatever. You reckon if Janet it's Jackson good. was topless at the Super Bowl, we'd be okay with it? Just for like a nine sixteenths well, of a second. Yeah, I can, handle, I can handle just, nine sixteenths. It's, it's just, just a, boob. a boob. Who yeah. cares? Like, honestly, isn't there bigger problems going on in the I world? I agree. There we are. And we're going to solve them with like the hatch match and dispatch clue. That's a huge problem. <laughs> yes. Who having a birthday? Said this. If you want to apologize to me, I'll talk to you. Hey, hey. I'll talk to you. If you want to apologize, if you want to, apologize to me, I'll talk to you. To me, I'll talk to you. It sounds very California, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. If you want to apologize to me, I'll talk to you. No one's getting this. If you said Lauren Conrad, though, <laughs> you would be correct. And I reckon a lot of people are like, Lauren Conrad? Who? What's a Lauren Conrad? No, I think a lot of people know who Lauren Conrad. Probably. I think you don't. Oh, Actually, no, no, you I do because you got obsessed. It's a guilty pleasure. You got Loved obsessed. It. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Not so much Laguna Beach, but the hills. You went away. You went away to a Bucks weekend. Uh, it was down the beach. Remember mm. when you found all those big lizards with ticks? Yes, yes. That weekend, yeah. you went away. And I was bored. I was. I did a couple of Jillian Michaels workouts. I was like, I'm really bored. What am I mm. going to do now? And we'd just gotten Foxtel. Yep. And I never watched Laguna Beach, uh, but the Hills premiered that week. And you know on MTV they'd play the shows over and marathon. over and over and yeah, over. Back to back to back so to back. So then I started yeah. watching it and it was the Hills, so it was like next version. And I was like, this is all right. And then you come home from your Lizards with Ticks adventure and I was watching one and then you're like, what is this? And then all of a sudden, every time I'd come home from somewhere or I'd walk into the room, you were there watching the hills. Just to be clear, the, the tick, when we talk about lizards with ticks, they didn't have Tourette's. They, they had a parasite. The tick, yes. Yes, yes so, you could, they were big ones, weren't yes, they? It's like it's you, you were walking along and you'd see a big go and go, ah, <laughs> That's not what it no, was. No, no. It was, it was a parasite. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I did. The, the hills, I found it one of the most. <laughs> Funny shows. It is hilarious. And then you got obsessed with Spencer. Spencer. The, the hills towards the end. When the hills got to the end. Crystal Spencer was. Hilarious. Yeah, class. It is seriously one of the funniest shows on television. And it's this garbage scripted reality mm. with these absolutely despicable people. They are just the most unrelatable, revolting humans. And I was watching it just going, I can't believe that I actually want to leave the planet now. I can't believe that these people <laughs> exist. But within it, I found hilarity. 
Yes. I really when he, remember it. when he was doing the crystals? That was good. Yes. We I liked put his that. crystals against his head to chill yes. himself out, Spencer. Yes, but Lauren, well, Lauren, was Lauren. The, she birthday. was the pinup girl for the whole thing, wasn't she? She the was star. kind of the main star of Laguna, Laguna Beach. Yeah, her yeah. and Kristen Cavalieri. Mm. And there was a lot of rivalry between the two of them because yes. I think they both liked Brody Jenner. Oh, right. Of There's the a Kardashian in there. So, this is like ground zero for all of that horrible, yeah. horrible stuff. But then, wasn't Brody Jenner married to, uh, what was her name? I Hot can't. Girl Summer, who then ended up Hot Girl Summering with Miley Cyrus on a boat after oh, she split with is Brody that Jenner? Right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Just ask the Scissor Sisters. <laughs> so, Lauren, back to Lauren. Yes. She, American television personality, fashion designer, author. Mm. Obviously, she was Author. in. Yeah, wow. she's written a book. She was in Laguna Beach, the real Orange County, and this was off the back of the OC. Mm. Remember, the OC came out with Misha Barton. Yeah, so then they're like, yeah, no, that was a drama series. No, no, no. This is the real. This is the OG OC, which is scripted reality, which is basically. Scripted, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was lots of fights. Mm. There was lots of fights, including this one with Heidi, which is an extension of what we just played before. It's fantastic. If you want to apologize to me, I'll talk to you. Well, you know that I didn't do anything, so having your boyfriend do your dirty work doesn't make you innocent. My dirty work? I don't have anything to do with it. Your sex tape and whatever has nothing to do with me. No. You think it's okay that he went and did that? That, that my boyfriend went... Is it, it's okay? I have nothing to do with you and anything that you've done with your ex-boyfriend. That has nothing to do with me, Lauren. Okay, you can keep saying that and make yourself think you're a, a good person, but you're a I bad person. I mean, I didn't person. do anything wrong. Alvin and the Chipmunks will be back after these You're important a bad messages. Person. They have exactly You're the bad same per- voice. I know. I was like, which one's you which? You can't even I differentiate between because they're all talking in the same California voice. I do like it, that accent. It is. Uh, do you? Yeah. It's a very peculiar show. Also, normalizing sex tapes. What's with that? That's so two th- early two Arguing isn't over it? each other's sex tapes. I think Spencer, like as if, as Spencer if a mu- started a rumour that she had a sex mm. tape. I don't know if she did. I think Spencer started yeah. a rumour. So then she was angry with Heidi because Heidi was going out with Spencer. I think, and while I do find it funny, I think the worst thing about that show is it is going gangbusters on MTV. Was it MTV? Mm. I think it was MTV. Mm. And there are so many young people consuming it thinking, mm. Well, hopefully they're not that stupid. This is what this Thinking is. What life is? This is what normal is. Like mm. it's just the weirdest thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, Laguna Beach finishes though. Then she moves to LA, and she's I think she's doing an internship at Teen Vogue. So she wanted to be a fashion designer, uh, and that's where The Hills does the spin-off. It had I think six seasons, mm. and she was quite so early two thousand. She was quite iconic for a number of looks. So. You're probably not going to remember, but the the headband, she had the headband and then everyone Mm. loved the headband. Uh, Office pearls. Yeah. So pearls that you wore to the office. office, right. Night Mm. to day look pearls. Lovely. Baby doll dresses, the big wide belts, Mm. uh, layering tank tops, so two, three, four tank tops on top of each other, and the big sunglasses. Yep. It's famous for the big sunglasses. So she finishes the show. She then launches her own fashion lines. I think she's launched perfume, cosmetics. She's done a book. No, two books now, I think. Um, And she's married. This throws me off every time I read it. She's married a guy called William Tell. Are you serious? I can't deal with that. William Tell. Every time I just think of apples. Yes, of course. I just can't deal with it. And nobody says anything. Everyone's like, Oh, yes, Lauren married William Tell and now they have two sons together. I'm like, 
William Tell. It's so just weird. call him Billy. I just think they Billy really they really miss me. I'm so lucky I stumbled across the show, The Hills. You had they a really, good time. They really miss me with the marketing. I'm just lucky that I found it because <sighs> The Hills doesn't appeal to me. Whereas if they had have done tonight on the quits. If you want to apologize to me, I'll talk to you. I'm all in. Yeah, you call the show I'm the quits, and I'm watching it. <laughs> Absolutely. <sighs> Look, happy birthday to you, Lauren, for the first of February. You you were young and you've matured and you've done really well for yourself, and I'm proud of Good you. Good for you. And speaking of quits, uh, we're done for this <laughs> evening. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a jam packed episode. Lots of things to discuss. We got through it together. Nipples, scissors, hills. I mean, you name it, we had it. What about the train? The train was the good. The train, the GAN, yes. I enjoyed that. Lots of stuff, lots of wonderful things. And, you know, there'll be more wonderful things next week, too many of which we could probably name at this stage. Am I right? All right, we've got the Grammys. Oh, that say no more. Kanye. Kanye drops his debut album. Oh, right, Yeezy. Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> and San Francisco, California, begins issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Oh, good on you, San Francisco. Yeah. It's my favourite place in the world. Mm. Aside from being here with you, having you listening to our podcast as well, my favourite thing ever. Thank you so much for supporting yes. us. Come and find us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You know the drill by now. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to rewind. Join us next time for another week that was 20 years ago. In the meantime, come and reminisce on the socials. Search for T-20 Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.